They're saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Ross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist. Hey, I'm Chelsea, and I'm the battle cry of a thousand angry Branch Davidians. And hey, what's up? My name's Noelle, and I am the ghost of Bill Cooper. And we have a podcast called Freaky Geeks, where you can hear us scream about birds not being real, and Stan Lee being the real-life inspiration for the little girl backwards crab-walking down the stairs in The Exorcist. Find us on all social media and listen to episodes anywhere podcasts are heard. Bond. James Bond. I suppose listening to the Beatles without earmuffs. Do you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die. I think you can kiss your trade franchise goodbye. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Kiss Your Franchise Goodbye, our podcast series on Her Majesty's Secrets podcast all about the films of the James Bond franchise. This week we are talking about the rogue James Bond picture, Never Say Never Again, and we are joined by returning champion Melissa. Welcome back, Melissa. Hello. I'm glad you remembered my title this time. Thank you. Well, I I, I mean, and now it's, it's hugely appropriate because you are returning to this podcast, so... Yeah, I love it. Um, and uh, Sean Connery is the returning champion. That's the right word. He's, he's, he's returning. Uh, I'm not sure there's a champion anything here. Yeah. yeah. We want to returning kiss this to the crime. <laughs> so um, for, for folks who have been with us on this journey, you may remember... Uh, the story from our episode on Thunderball, uh, where Kevin McElroy uh, was hired by Ian Fleming uh, to help write a screenplay uh, that would become Thunderball. And uh, due to various court cases, he basically made the claim that he had invented a major portion of the James Bond cinematic universe and had taken the producers of James Bond to court several times to either stop them from making films or ask them for more money. Uh, And eventually the court came down and said, hey, here's the deal. Uh, We recognize you wrote Thunderball and you have specific rights to that intellectual property you can make unlimited remakes of Thunderball using the James Bond characters and the characters you created, but you cannot make any other James Bond movies, but you can make as many Thunderball movies as you want. So Every time you say Thunderball, I just want to go, Thunder, Thunder, Thundercats. (laughs) Thunderball. Oh. Snarf, snarf. It takes on a whole new meaning when you say Thunderball's ho. (laughs) So... Yeah, no. um, The imagery behind that. Yeah, so (laughs) this is, so this is a Thunderball remake, uh, and they brought Sean Connery back to play James Bond after Roger Moore had been in here doing, how many is this now? Five or six movies he'd already done, Um, and they released them sort of back to back, 
uh, with um, with our last movie. Oh gosh, now I've totally forgotten it. I've blanked it out of my Octopussy. Octopussy, yeah. <laughs> we hated that much. Which I'm also I'm trying let to you, forget. Like, spin on that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they released Octopussy in the in the late spring, early summer, and Never Say Never Again was released in the late summer of 1983. And um, so, this that's essentially the setup for this movie. Um, how weird Everybody... do you think shit would have gotten if we just had 12 Thunderball remakes? <laughs> yeah, you kind of <laughs> like, wonder. Like, how far could he have spun on that? If we just kept making Thunderball like every 12 years. <laughs> hmm. Hydra tongue. Not, not better. Like this I... time we'll get it right. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I also feel like Thunderball is a template movie for so many other bond movies that it, it picks certain elements. So it's like Kevin McElroy kind of had a point that like they kept taking stuff that I wrote and putting it in other bond movies. But also at the same time, it's like, dude, you did not invent the idea of someone stealing nuclear weapons and holding the world hostage. Yeah. yeah. Like, no. (laughs) So (laughs) that's, um, yeah, an intellectual yeah. property over James Bond implies a lot of intellect. So, oh, wow. shot fired by Brooke. <laughs> so you're saying this movie is dumb, is what you're saying? It's really dumb. Well, I don't know if "dumb" is quite exactly the word I would say. Brooke, More I would mind numbing and like mind numbingly dumb. Yeah. Melissa coming in as our as our like non steeped in in Bond outsider perspective. What yeah. I mean, what did this leave you with? How did this hit you? You know how sometimes when you're distracted and you have to read something and you read like an entire page and you retain none of it, so you have to go back and reread it. That happened to me when I was rewatching this movie for the first time in like thirty years or something. It's so bad that I I was watching it like my eyes were on the screen, but I retained nothing that happened. I have no idea. I didn't even realize like Blofeld was in this, you know, like at the very beginning until like I (laughs) rewatched it. Like I just I I really, really that's how dedicated I am to being your returning champion is that I went back and watched it twice in (laughs) a Like a medal or something, or at least a gold star. You do. A box of Oreos. <laughs> Double stuffed. I'm, I'm sorry, Melissa. That's terrible. Like, yeah. You shouldn't no, have wait. to watch this so movie twice. You had twice. to watch this movie twice. You had to watch Octopussy, and then we challenged you to watch two of the worst Bond yeah, movies I ever. In addition, I haven't done that yet. Um, because you don't I, I, will be back, I will be back the next couple of weeks, um, as we cover the eighties, <laughs> but I, I feel like, like, um, if I had watched the other two that you and Marco asked me to last week, that, uh, I wouldn't have made it to this podcast. I just <laughs> like, so I forget would, these guys. Yeah. My brain would have just left my body as punishment for putting it through that. So I, I, I know that. 
I know you're the returning champion, but I feel like maybe based off of the selections that Andy and Mark are punishing you for something. No, I chose these. I totally chose these because they're oh. so bad. And see, here's the thing. So you're into S&M. <laughs> <laughs> um, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Uh, None of my business. <laughs> uh, She's um, not saying no. <laughs> I, yeah, I, one definitely more than the other. This this is the highest form of, of like masochism I perform on myself. I um, also, we're in quarantine, and uh, you know, yeah. he, Texas is a hot spot right now. We are pretty much with Florida, our stupid yeah. cousin. Um, we we are. I mean, I'm not going nowhere, you know? Uh, so I had the time on my hands, unfortunately. Um, or else, again, I would have been like, fuck y'all, you know? I'm not she's, doing yeah. that. She's not saying no. She's saying never again. <laughs> Get it. Get it. Ne never say <laughs> never. Or just never say that. <laughs> uh, no, I chose these movies, Brooke, because um, they're the first ones I saw. This is the first Connery Bond movie I saw, which was his last. Oh, no way. Same. Yeah, and then I went back. Um, because I didn't start watching them later. <laughs> like, I didn't see these, like this in Octopussy. I didn't see them in 83. In fact, um, what's the name of the actor, the main villain, Claus Maria something? Um, yeah, from Out of Africa. Yeah, I saw him. That's exactly what I was about to say. I saw him in Out of Africa first. And so then when I saw this, like a year or whatever it was later, I was like, oh, that damn, he always plays people you want to punch, you know? Because he's, he's just a dick. Yeah, he's really good at playing these, like, punchable <laughs> guys, you know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, I've seen other Connery movies since then, but I saw them, you know, in bad order, apparently, because, uh, you know, there's much better uh, Connery movies. But, but just because yes. these were the first that I saw when I was a little girl, this is, you know, these were the first introduction, and so... I remember them a little better. I mean, I remembered there were sharks in this movie before I rewatched it, so that was good, at least, you know. Poseidon. <laughs> Actually, yeah, Poseidon theory takes a hit in this movie. Well, we'll we'll get there. We'll but get let, there. Yeah. I, I wanna I, since we're talking about like our first experiences with this movie, I've previously oh, this mentioned this was also the first Bond movie I ever saw. No way. Um, really? In fact, this is. I have very distinct memories that this was the first movie I ever saw in a theater. Little oh, five-year-old Andy really? totally remembers going to see this with his parents. Oh, wow. I totally remember that. And so I do not, I do not remember going to see Return of the Jedi. My parents promised me they took me to go see Return of the Jedi. I do not remember that movie. I love that movie. Like Ewoks run in my blood. I was obsessed when I was a kid, but I remember Sean Connery and the stupid motorbike. That's um, funny. So I, that's my first theater going memory ever is this movie. I went and saw Return of the Jedi in the theater, but the first movie I remember seeing in the theater is Willow. Oh, oh I love Willow. It was fucking terrifying. I love yeah, Willow. I can imagine that. How wow. you would have been six, seven. Mm -hmm. When did... When did Willow come out? I believe I was seven. Yeah. Because it was it was after my mom went to school and we came back to Utah. Yeah, so I would have been maybe even eight. Yeah. What year did it come out? 
I don't remember when Willow came out. Oh, well, that's I have this <laughs> thing what... in front of me called a computer. Well, 1988, go. so I would have been nine. Oh, oh my okay. God. Oh, yeah. It has to be something before that that I remember. I don't know. I know oh, I went and saw Return of the Jedi, um, but we didn't go to a lot of movies, I guess. Yeah. So, I don't know, but... but it wasn't the, this. this. It wasn't this. <laughs> but, obviously, Melissa and I, had uh, this movie left impressions on us, even as... Yeah. Even as kids, well, this wasn't was the first movie I actually saw in a theater. Just the first Connery Bond movie I saw. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. My first that I watched was War Games at a drive-in. <gasps> oh, oh nice. wow! Yeah. That movie. yeah, that's also yeah, that's great. Um, and similar in the like, I don't know. One of the things I think this movie really keyed in on is like bad 80s technology yeah this movie yeah. had a lot of bad 80s technology. i loved it though it, like the, yeah. when i was a kid and, and that's part of the reason why I, was, I volunteered because nobody else would first of all to review these movies with you guys but also <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but also like when i was a kid all those the gadgets and shit and and even like and it's ridiculous that whole like that game they played where they shock each other or whatever. Yeah, but it I, makes I, no sense. I loved all the lasers and shit. You know what I mean? Just like just watching it when you're that little, I was like, Oh, that's kind of cool. You know, now I'm like, fuck, why did I like this? You know, like I don't understand now, but, but eighties technology can be fun. What's a better <laughs> game domination or global thermonuclear war? Global thermonuclear war. It makes yeah. sense. There's the domination thing. I remember even as a kid seeing it, I'm like, what exactly are they doing? Like, I don't understand. I'm seeing the sounds and things are lighting up, but I didn't see what was actually happening. Like, uh, like in Centipede, you're, you're, you're trying to shoot bits of the Centipede and uh, 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 the inv Space Invaders. You're shooting the little uh, aliens that are coming at you. This game just it made no sense. There are all sorts of trapezoids and... I, I didn't see anybody aiming for anything in particular. And then all of a sudden in the middle, this missile shows up. I'm like, what the hell's going on? It never made sense. And it still didn't on this viewing that I did today, which, oh my God, seeing it today, I was like, yeah, I really hate this movie. Everything about but, this I hate. Yeah. But Global Thermonuclear War, the only winning move is not to play, not Mark. To play. Yeah, I know. You, you, uh, so maybe you should play Domination instead. Because... Dude, but didn't that scare you? Was watching War Games the first time ever, you're like, oh, crap. Everybody's yeah. going to die. Like, yes. It was just brilliant. We had lots of those movies in the 80s. Everybody's going to die from nuclear yeah. war. That yeah. was... We were very concerned it. about that. You know, going back to Melissa's comment of like, why did I like this? I th I relate that very much to like, outside of another person on this particular podcast. It's very similar <laughs> to my dating experiences. I didn't know any better, and so I liked them. <laughs> and then you go back and you go no, back no, you should you should get rid of that caveat there, Brooke. You could just say you didn't know any better. With me. That's fine. Andy, you were a good guy. I should have realized what I had, but when I look back yeah. at my husband's, I'm like, damn, really? <laughs> well, maybe that's why I went so many, through so many of them, but I don't know. Well, now I know better. Now I know better. Okay. Anyway, yeah. So, and I go with domination. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, all right. Can somebody explain to me how that game is played? Uh, you, you, I think it's all about. I mean, really, well, Mark, the domination is is more about how much <laughs> how much shocking you can take before you like. I get the shocking, but like, how how is that being accomplished? Like, what what are you aiming at? Like, I it just oh my god, that it frustrates me. It's like no. asteroids for yeah. Spies. Yeah, but yeah. at least asteroids, you're aiming at asteroids. Like, there's just trapezoids everywhere on screen. Like, yeah, but there were, like, little sparkly things that would show up that you'd have to shoot your lasers yeah. at that were, like... Yeah, Mark, there was no why... aiming of it. Oh, my God. You guys Mark, are that's why not everybody hard. is... That's why not everyone is a spy. If you know, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, would, I would make a shit spy. You're not smart enough to be a spy, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the CIA would be like, have you seen Never Say Never Again? I'm like, yeah. What did you think about that scene? I'd be like, I don't understand it. Not ready to be a spy. And you're out. And you're out. Get out of here. Good night. Nice yeah. Go be a librarian. <laughs> How's that working out? <laughs> you can read so about I, <laughs> I guess we can... Speaking speaking of recruiting into the spy game, I guess we can start with this movie at the very beginning with a very weird opening where suddenly uh, Sean Connery shows up and he's just murdering motherfuckers left and right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, whoa, this is different. And they're playing like a disco song in the background. Yep. Um, so. Yeah. Like running. everybody's grandpa. Yes, he does. I really felt like I was going to be like really solidly tuned into what my least favorite opening would be. Like, I really felt like I was going to stick to it until I saw this movie. Like, I thought we were going to get through all the films and I was going to be like, nope, that one's still the worst. But then, then I watched this. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah. The thing that shocked me most in that opening scene, though, is I had totally forgotten Irvin... Kirshner directed this. Ah, I didn't catch that. Yes, I I did not make that connection until I was rewatching this yesterday, and I was like, oh shit! So he made like the best Star Wars movie, and then, and then this, this, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. So imagine, imagine if instead of making Knives Out last year, we'd gotten like a really shitty James Bond movie. Like, no, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to imagine yeah. that. You don't have to imagine that, yeah. Andy. Yeah, I know. So, anyway, <laughs> you stop um, it, sir. More, you stop more your business. So, yeah, but I mean, I just, I don't understand. It's like how far, how far the mighty have fallen. I agree. Irvin Kirshner, Empire Strikes Back is the the best Star Wars movie, and you know, I, sometimes you just gotta slum know. it. Maybe. Sometimes you just want to feel dirty, Andy. <laughs> Sometimes. Wow. Okay. Are we still talking <laughs> about movies, or <laughs> I don't understand? Well, are there unresolved uh, issues in this podcast? I, I, mean, yes. I don't think so. Just, I hope not. Brooke, what are you? <laughs> it's been a really long week. We're going to talk about anything, all right? <laughs> anything and everything. Hey, no I'm, I'm over it because this movie sucks so you know we can't pitch the whole <laughs> you know 
Right. So speaking speaking of sucking, what did everyone think about the theme song? I hate it so bad. Better you than know what the sucks? One. Like I'm actively hating it as I'm listening to it. And I'm like, oh god, I forgot how much I hate this stupid song. And then my kids right next to me, she's like, I don't know, I like it. And I'm like, shut up, you're not mine. <laughs> get out! Like, like get out! You no longer we're, we're taking a DNA test tomorrow. I don't care how much you look like me. But she dug it, but I, I hate this song. It's so misplaced. It, it feels like it's 10 years old, older than the movie. It, like, it's very disco, swanky, brown yeah, jack kind of crap. And it, it doesn't go with Bond at all, especially with the opening scene. Like, it just, who thought this was going to go with what's happening on screen? It makes zero sense. But you say that as though any of the other ones make sense. I mean, it's, you know, okay, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to do this. I'm, I'm lose my mind. <laughs> the, the, the song, like the just the part where they say the title over and over, it, I I actually remembered that jingle in my head before the credits even started rolling. By the way, the credits, the opening credits, not Bond, I'm guessing because this is an unofficial one. Correct. It, it, Ugh. It, it was the combination of a bad song and then that it just I don't know it 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 sets a bad table for this whole debacle of a meal that is this movie you know what I'm saying it needed like, more sexy silhouettes that's what it needed well they I mean, definitely needed like women swinging around on the end of a pistol Yes. That would have made no, it better. I, but I, I think I think that does tell you how much like the little things, the little trappings of the Bond movies are so important that the movie yeah, starts out with him walking out and pointing the gun at the camera and shooting. And then you have a non sequitur opening scene and then you have a title sequence with silhouetted naked women. I reject and- this. I completely uh, reject this. But but that's the Bond formula. And this movie went completely off formula. And we all agree it is like weird and jarring to yeah, open I, a James Bond movie differently than that. And I don't like the opening sequences, by the way, because they're quite sexist. I mean, and it reminds oh, sure. me, it, it takes me out of it because... It reminds me of those, you know, the AT wheelers, the mud flaps where they have the women. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> I, I, I the, the I, yes, exactly. That's all I can yep. picture. You know, which, <laughs> which again sets a bad tone for watching a Bond movie when I'm thinking of right. like, you know, truckers. Um, but like, right. you know, not that there's anything wrong with truckers, okay? Um, but yeah, that's just a bad setting. So I don't like them. But to not have it, yeah, it's it's it, it's just weird to me. It, it like um, like uh, what was the Star Wars movie? This what this Rogue one. one? Yes, Rogue One. Not having the yep. scroll. It's wrong. It's fucking wrong. You know. Yeah. Okay, I agree with yeah. you there. On Rogue is, One, I agree. I agree on that. But, but Rogue I One's a fantastic movie, though. I don't think yeah. that you can like blame the pitfalls of this garbage. I'm not having naked silhouettes at the beginning. Oh, no, 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 no. no. I'm just saying that that's how different it is. It it feels, it feels, yeah, I mean, they they do slap uh, like a half a billion 007s 
like all over the place, just to remind you that's what you paid for. Just in case you've forgotten. <laughs> like, we promise, guys, we promise this is a 007 movie. Uh, but yeah, when you don't have the opening, you know, shotgun and uh, the, the title sequence, I mean, it's just, it, it feels wrong. Now, I love Rogue One, but immediately, as soon as it starts, you miss that. You miss the, the, the crawl. You, you miss the opening music. Uh, did it really make you mad? No, no, because I, I, I knew it was going to happen. But just imagine a Star Wars movie without that. Did, I mean, did you guys uh, read up when, before uh, Force Awakens uh, was released? Everybody was already, you know, shitting a cow because we were going to have the 21st, uh, 20th Century Fox fanfare. Like, they were so pissed off about that. And oh, it was yeah, just the that. 20th Century Fox fanfare. That's all I was missing. Now, imagine if J.J. Abrams would have said, yeah, screw the crawl. We're not going to do that. Dude, they, man, we would have had civil war. Like, that would have that would have been America's tipping point. That would have actually been brilliant. No. Oh, my God. No. Be quiet. <laughs> hey, now, Bro, I Jesus. now I know Can you're stop? drunk, Brooke. I know you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's a bottle next to me. I might need to open it. But can you imagine yeah. putting up all the fanboys like that, and then having a female like that? Actually, in an, in an alternate universe, that happened somewhere, and their life is better than ours. I'm just saying. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> there's like two minutes of. Uh, uh, they're saying they're just spelled right. God damn it. <laughs> there were like two minutes of Kathleen Kennedy addressing everybody in the audience. I did this to you. <laughs> 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 okay, so uh, l- let me let me bring it back to Bond for a second. Oh, I, 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 if you want to, no, no, no. Oh yeah, Bond. That's why we're here. Uh, but you know, we there there is a way to do the Bond formula and not have it be problematic and uh, gross, sexist, naked women. Um, you know, look at the Daniel Craig movies, which have done those sequences. I mean, I I can't wait to talk about Casino Royale because yeah. they hit every single one of these notes but it's 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 kind of different and they they do it slightly differently they mix it up but it all works and it's and it's new and it's modern and i think they thread that needle and that's um but this is just i don't have a problem with the naked women i have a problem with like well neither do i i know see we see but my problem with it is when it's just for the like gratuitous like gratification of men instead of it having like there's purpose to a woman's body you can have it in movies and have it me like it doesn't right. have to be just in the bond way well so i'm not i'm not and i would like to posit that this is actually the most male gazy of any of the bond so movies bad. up to this point although he does his- the most women ever in this movie well, but and just the way it is shot. I mean, there are more bad. cheesecake shots in here. There are multiple scenes wh- where it's very obvious they're trying to show off Kim Basinger's nipples. Yeah. And... I will say the thing I laughed at the most was him in those overalls without a shirt underneath. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, like Barbara Fred in the middle of the Caribbean or something. What the fuck is happening here? That's not... <laughs> That's not male gaze, though, but yes. <laughs> but, um, no, no, it's not. But if you're trying to, like, not let people know that you're a spy, you failed. <laughs> yeah. But we okay. got to see his nipples. 
<laughs> well, I mean, equal opportunity. Yeah, I mean, of course. come yeah. on. So yes, we are a progressive group. You're freeing the wrong nipple. That's the way. That felt more like a punishment. You know, that was like when it was when they rightfully were criticizing Game of Thrones for having so much female nudity and not enough male nudity. And then the next right. season, because they're assholes, the show. <laughs> Uh, a guy they put in a guy's cock and it was like diseased. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> here, how about this? Are you happy now? Okay, so like, not not, not everything is equal opportunity, and and it's not for the female gaze. I don't know whose gaze that was. Like, a, like a doctor, maybe. You know, women, women are like, that's not what we were asking for. There's this old uh, PC game called Shivers where you have to like, it's a puzzle game and you have to like break into this museum of like artifacts and like find all the talismans and collect all the life essences. And there's this one room that's like a room of torture, like old mysterious ways of torture. And in the background, you hear all these voices speaking to you and like screaming out in pain. And one of the voices is like, no, touch me with that ah! <laughs> and that's what i thought when we saw the diseased penis i was like no <laughs> take that away okay. it's it's like oh, a, wow. yeah it, 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 sean connery's nipples is like a dick pic oh thanks you know yeah well we get Never lots of shirt ever. we get lots of shirtless connery in this um i don't know that's that's fine i mean He's he's doing all right for, I mean, it looks really good for his age. So, um, yeah. but still, it, it doesn't quite feel. No, he's still like a grandpa, Bond. dude. <laughs> it, it it just didn't work. Like the, the the sex appeal thing doesn't work in this movie for him because he's somebody's grandfather at this point. Like, and I ain't buying that chicks are fawning over him. Like, it, it just doesn't work. Well, I mean, there's some women who like older men. I don't mind an older man, like but I didn't, I didn't find anything titillating. If anything, uh, right. you know, you I would find the women more attractive, you know, like Fatima. Yes. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? That, like, yeah. you know, let's see her. <laughs> so being someone... that. Yes. But this is what's weird. I think that Connery got better looking when he embraced his age a little bit. He looks better as Henry Jones, and you can believe that. that he hooked up with Elsa in Last Crusade, and as Marco Ramius in Hunt for Red October, he's he's pretty dead sexy. I was going to um, say that same thing. I like older men, and I like women, so I agree with you on that one. So, But um, he... Just like it's, he's trying to defy it so much that you're exactly. like, exactly, no, right, no. right, like, right. Embrace who you are, because exactly, Hunt for Red October. Well, he so made a with Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, where he had let himself look the way he actually looked, and he looked pretty good there. What was the name of that movie? The Russia House. The Russia House. Yeah. I mean, he actually he actually looked like okay, this guy this guy's aging well. Uh, but I had never seen Never Again. Uh, Brooks did it perfectly. Like that was a real fighting age, like desperately fighting age, and it looked it, and it was really embarrassing. Like yeah. I felt like screaming at the screen, like like 
This is a horrible movie, and you should be embarrassed. It, yeah. it, just, it was bad. It would have only been worse if he had a comb over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, totally. That's true. Totally. But he's, yeah, he's like the Just for Men starter set. It's like <laughs> very obviously coloring his hair a little bit, or maybe that's a toupee. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that was a rug but... by then. I'm also a client. <sighs> it's very sad. Just, you know, gracefully age. And I mean, but but Hollywood doesn't let anybody do that. They don't let men do that. They especially don't let women do that. No. And um, I mean, that's that's part of the problem here so, so is there anything of value of the actual movie to talk about y- yeah <laughs> Keep, uh, well, uh, dark. <laughs> there's there's some stuff in here we'll just keep keep moving forward moving through there's, it so there's, there's been sharks before mr bean is in this movie y'all oh god connection. <laughs> i had forgotten he was in this Me too. i had forgotten me too. And I was I like, oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, hey, we didn't know you from something else. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know he's not playing Mr. Bean, but I feel like anytime I see Rowan Atkinson and everything, he's playing Mr. Bean. You know, just yeah. like in my mind, you know. But I didn't realize that yeah. because I, I saw Mr. Bean way later, like in the 90s or something. I didn't realize it. So there's that. You well, know? he's definitely got that same energy. He's like, I didn't know you were one of those cloak and dagger types or whatever. And he's just like so out of his element. And you're like, oh my gosh. It's cause that's guy. why he got the unofficial movie. He couldn't get into a real one. Not that Octopus <laughs> with any picnic or anything, but you know. But it was better than this. True. Yeah. True. So has has anybody actually seen the Johnny English movies? Yes. Are they I feel any like good? I did, but I don't. They're they're overly silly. They're just overly overly silly. And uh, he tries to. He's that kind of character that tries to take himself seriously, but he's just such a goof. Um. So, I mean, they're all they're okay. Kids will like it. Um. And if you're a fan of Mr. Bean, you probably. I mean, he's not Mr. Bean in in the Johnny English movies, but. There's that sort of silly factor to it. Speaking of aging gracefully, uh, we've also got Max von Sydow in this movie as yeah. Blofeld. Uh, what do folks think of him, and how do we compare him to other versions of Blofeld? I love like him. <laughs> I, I, love him. <laughs> I love him as an actor, but like, I don't, I don't understand what he was doing with the character, and they really didn't give him much to do as Blofeld. No. I don't that, that was that was the biggest sin in this movie, and I mean, is Max von Sydow like this dude's a legend? Like, why didn't you just put him on the forefront instead of evil Dutch guy or whatever he is? So, yeah. like, I just felt he was underused, uh, and I don't understand what he was going for with that accent. Um, I, I still don't get what accent that was, uh, but I just wish they would have given him a bigger role and something that actually made sense. Because he's just there to be Doc, Dr. Evil, say, I need a billion dollars. <laughs> and for the first five minutes, and then later on in the movie, he's like, is the plan going, is everything going to plan? And then that's it. And we don't see much of him. Yeah, it's it's really weird. Yeah, they, they like give him this monologue, and that's about it. 
But like in the original Thunderball, it's not like it's not like he had a huge part to play. That's true. But at least he was like, you know, he was murdering people who <laughs> weren't like yeah, he he was murdering his operatives who weren't like performing for him. Right. And there was some menace there. Um I I want to point out just because this is so weird that Max von Sydow was in another movie in theaters at the very same time as Never Say Never Again and his performance as the villain is so much better in that movie. It is classic. Strange Brew with Rick Moranis oh, and Dave Thomas. Shut up! About that. Right. that was uh, August. That was the same time. August nineteenth, nineteen eighty three, was the release of Strange Brew, and um, oh shoot, that I lost. So uh, Never say it. never again was um, the oh excuse me uh, September seventh. So I mean about three, four weeks apart. But there, you could have done a double feature of Max von Sydow and seen him play Brewmeister Smith and then seen him play Blofeld. <laughs> and in my mind, Brewmeister Smith is so... That is menacing. That is evil. He's I hope that somewhere that. in the country that was up on a drive-in theater. I hope so. A double feature. <laughs> that would have been great. <laughs> so... um. Yeah, it. I don't. I mean, Von Sydow is normally like special sauce. It's like he's always good, right? And yeah, yeah. for the most part, I think this might be the exception that proves that rule, though. Just yeah, like you said, don't give him anything to do. So, uh, worst Blofeld or. I don't know. This is all of the Blofelds that we're going to have. Well, no, no I, I take that back because we'll because we'll have Spectre. We get Hans Landa, um, Blofeld, and Inspector later. So, um, uh, I don't. Other than the guy who gets dropped down the chimney, um, <laughs> I think he might be my least favorite Blofeld. Yeah, that was a bad one. I don't know. Anybody want to defend Max von Sydow Blofeld? Nope. I mean, there's, there's not much to defend. I mean, he, I can't even say he's the worst because he just wasn't on screen long enough. True. So I, I really can't. That's a, that's a difficult one. Because uh, for yeah. me, and I know we've discussed this already and you actually like him, but uh, Charles Gray's Blofeld for me is just, uh, he just irritates me. Hmm. And I love Charles Gray, but mm -hmm. his version of Blofeld is just just all sorts of dumb. Um, so if if there were more uh, meat to uh, uh, Van Saito's character and what he did, I'd have a better comparison. But I, for me, it, it's still Charles Gray that annoys me the most. All right. That's um totally fair. That's an opinion. Uh <laughs> Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think I, I mean, I think there's Thank room for all of this. Yeah, no, that's good. <laughs> okay, let's move on to the next sort of set piece, which is they send Bond to the health spa, and oh, um, yeah, um, I, I, I'm glad to see that they've replaced all the like weird health quackery from the '60s with like health quackery from the '80s. 
It's like, oh, we'll give you herbal colonics and enemas. I'm like, oh, wonderful. That give that man an enema. <laughs> so, um, I don't know. What do, what do folks think about this this sequence? Fuck you. That's where uh, they, they ask him to paint to a cup and he's like, from here? Yes. Oh, God. That is. It was so groan worthy. Groin worthy? Groan worthy. Groin worthy. Groin worthy, yes. Groan worthy. worthy of that. Um, <laughs> but I mean, this sequence, it's long. It takes them forever to get out of this and. I don't know. I'm just like, there's not a whole lot happening until, until the final fight when when Bond is like working out, and uh, Count Lippy comes in and tries to murder him, and they have the big long fight, and then Count Lippy is killed by Bond's pee. Yeah, he's got like acid so, piss. Yeah. No, I mean actually he was stabbed by a bunch of bottles, but yeah, but he I don't know. He screams when when where he throws the piss in his face, he screams like it's acid. Yeah, I know. It makes um, no sense. I don't know. I felt like at that point we'd all been peed on by James Bond. <laughs> this is this is terrible. We didn't ask for this. We gave no consent. Yeah, I'll feel a little bit dirty. Yeah. This is not great. Um, like I said, just boring. I don't know if there's anything else that folks liked about this, hated about this. Or he's benching like 80 pounds. I counted the plates. I'm like, why oh, are you really? struggling so much, bro? It's only 80 pounds. He's just old. Like, 90. He's old, dude. Well, yeah, and I know, but Gene's about supposed to be a badass. And he's doing it without a spotter. Bro, do you even lift, bro? <laughs> Dude, I lift that much getting out of bed. I uh, more than that. No, I certainly do. <laughs> yeah. that, that would be true. Um, yeah. Uh, they and then he comes in and Bond's like, "Oh, I think I got this figured out." Uh, the the guy, maybe he had a false eye, and M is like. Oh, you and your shenanigans, Bond. I'm never this. I I hated this like interplay yeah. between Bond and M. Yeah. It, it just like felt like bad cop show dialogue. It's like I'm sick and tired of your shenanigans, James Bond. I'll have your badge for this. Well, he's like, crapping on his idea about like a mechanical eye, right? And, right. And, and never mind that he oversees Q's lab. Like, right. why is this so far from the realm of reality when you have a secret department, you know, making up all these gadgets? Like, it's extremely right. plausible. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. And and Bond gets it all figured out. He's like, he finds the book of matches. He matches it to Largo. And and he correctly uh, connects... Um, uh, old old Jack, the the Air Force officer, to this whole thing. So it's like, I don't know. I like um, how Spectre as an organization has its own set of matches with logos. <laughs> I thought that was just Largo that had that. Uh, oh, I thought it was it, Spectre. My was bad. it Spectre? Oh, I maybe. Don't know. Everybody I don't get know. branded. <laughs> Either way, yeah, it's very important. Everybody have your own branding. Oh, yeah. Either way. Either way, they're they're like narcissistic and terrible. So, 
yeah. Um. Totally off topic. Do you really say either instead of either? Either, either. I say either, either way. Either is acceptable, or either in a pinch. I don't know. Maybe. Now you've made me all self-conscious. So you're from Utah. <laughs> Am I saying it wrong? I honestly have I'm no just... idea which one I use more. I think I use them both kind of just interchangeably. You know, like how people use socialism and communism interchangeably. <laughs> <laughs> Those are two very different things. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> this is the best comment of the night. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um speaking of communism. Okay, no. Um I want to talk terrible, Andy. Let's let's talk about let's talk about uh <laughs> Fatima Blush and her amazing plot to kill Jack uh on the road and tie up loose ends. Okay, so she throws a snake in his car, and then, as far as I can tell, There's he doesn't actually—he doesn't actually like swerve off the road or anything. He keeps going straight forward and then hits that wall. So it's like he was already heading into the. I mean, go back and watch the scene, but it does not look like he like swerves off the road. Any take your word for it. No, I agree. And and then she goes over, retrieves the snake, and then bombs the car. It's like you know, there was probably an easier way to do all of this. I don't. But just, that's like the, you're right about that. But I took it as this woman clearly loves her job, and so she's just going to get as much. <laughs> like excitement and and mileage out of every kill that she can you know what i'm saying i mean as no, long as true. i have free range i'm gonna yeah. make it yeah. fun yeah she's just having fun like she knows who she is she's like a psycho killer and she's she's just doing what she does you know if she can get like two things you know out of one kill then she's gonna do it that's how i took it you know so i don't know yeah, and and grabbing the snake and then planting a bomb is like the ultimate like leave the gun, take the cannoli. It's like <laughs> grab grab the snake and then like <laughs> blow that guy up. Like that's that is pretty sweet. So, what gets me is that uh, she's number twelve in the Spectre organization. Yeah, like, where are one through eleven? Like, and why do they keep giving this job to her? Because she so sucks at killing people, especially Bond. But she doesn't, though. Well, Bond's the only one she really yeah. has a hard time with. Yeah, Everyone she, else, she's she pretty good. To me, for the most part. What, what, I really like this character overall because she was kind of a badass. Until she's trying to get Bond to, like, right before she thinks she's going to kill him to, like, confess to her being basically the best lay or something. It, it, like, yeah. that didn't fit right. with the character, I felt, because well, she she's she seems pretty self-assured to me. I don't think she needs some, you know, deathbed confession to placate yeah. her. You know what I'm saying? Her sexual prowess. She That's just really enough like, narcissism in her to not think. Yeah. She yeah she's like, reassurance. She already knows. Yeah. She's like, 
She's not. She's not like grubbing for a Yelp review here on her sex. It's like, exactly. You know, and so I like, really, I really liked her. She's probably my favorite character in the movie, which isn't saying same. much that it's a bad movie. But you know, she was probably my favorite right up till then. I mean, just the way she wore those those sick boots, those high heel boots, and traipsing down the stairs. Mm-hmm. You know, with that little laugh, just loving what she's doing. She just killed a woman. You know, drowned her in a tub, and you know, she just. You know, she's just being herself, you know. I mean, you got to you didn't see that kind of confidence in a woman very often in the 80s. I'm sorry, you just didn't. Agreed. No. She was awesome. I I agree she's the best part of the movie. Absolutely. Quote, grubbing for a Yelp review on her sex, unquote, by Andy Wilson. Eh, You're welcome. (laughs) You didn't care for her? Nah. Oh, she's going to come murder you until you tell her how great she (laughs) is. You're gonna put a oh. snake in your boot. I'll have to confess You're how late she is. <laughs> Excellent. So Mark, no, but tell us why didn't why didn't you like her as much? He doesn't like strong know. women. What? No, I'm just kidding. I, I don't. Know. Know. <laughs> I adore strong women. Uh, I'm surrounded with nothing but strong women. I, just, I don't know. Like she just didn't do anything for me. Like. She's just a henchman or a henchwoman that kept failing throughout the entire movie. And I'm like, all right. It's been done better by other people. Hmm. Was Jaws any better? Jaws was awesome and you know it. <laughs> that is the only hench person to have never been killed by anybody. Yeah, I... The, the only thing... The only person who I think was better than her was... Fiona Volpe and Thunderball, which was the earlier iteration of this character. I think she's way better. Uh, and she had the sweet motorbike that Bond had to steal in this movie. Like that. Okay. A, a little rant here because this actually does make me mad. That was like the coolest thing in Thunderball was Volpe had that awesome bike. And that's how she murdered Jack in in Thunderball, like shooting missiles out of a motorcycle to blow up his car. Way cool. And then in this movie, they take her motorcycle away and give it to Bond, and she's riding around in a little clown car. Like, that Mm. makes me so mad. Volpe was super awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I just, you know, but I just, oh. It, like it makes me so fun. mad because Volpe was so cool. Fatima Blush is super cool too, but it makes me mad that they took her best toy away and gave it to Bond. So anyway, rant over. Well, now I feel like I need to I, go back and watch that movie because I, I haven't seen Thunderball. Thunderball? Is that what you said it was? Yeah, Thunderball. So I like that. I'll, I'll like Thunderball or, we'll, or at least I'll like the villain in Thunderball is what you're telling me maybe. Well... Of. You'll like them better than this. Yes. Dude. You'll love it. You should go watch it. Really? Yeah, and you'll like the the version of Largo better. The version of Largo and Thunderball. Mm. Like, really? there's some witty repartee with Bond. There's some there's some real menace to him. He's scary at times. And then watch um, Moonraker because you'll love that too. And watch what? <laughs> what? <laughs> okay. And then watch Moonraker because you'll love it too. Is that one of the ones y'all are going to make me watch sometime? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 
I'm, anyway, I'm dying, I'm dying to hear what you say about Moonraker and how bad it is. <laughs> I'm trying to do that this week because I am not going anywhere except to my mailbox for the next week or two, maybe. Because <laughs> shit's really hitting the fan here in Texas right now. Yeah. Um. I also want to point out I'm I'm still kind of mad about the way Fatima Blush went out with the with the pen. Um. And, uh, yeah. So. I, th I thought that was a stupid gadget, and yeah, it in the pantheon of Bond gadgets, that was pretty bad, and and also the cleanest kill of a person who exploded like ever. Right. Like I was like, okay, maybe I'm just used to so much violence in movies, but where's the blood? Where's the? I mean, all I saw was like pieces of her clothes or something. Her shoes. Um, that was kind of funny. <laughs> you know, like. Okay. Did you run out of you? You blew all the money on the opening. Oh no, there was no opening sequence. What did you pull the money on that you couldn't have a little stage blood? The there? motorcycle. Ah, that's, that's... Where all the money went. <laughs> oh, you know what it was? Is that snake all the money went in the and demanded all kinds of shit in his contract? That's what happened. It was a snake. <laughs> I think that that final set piece with the underground cave that looked super expensive. All that stonework and water and true i mean there's this this movie was actually pretty expensive to make like which is crazy you know what was um, good though uh, that i'll give them credit for the special effects uh because like the missiles and the way they're flying through uh the countryside that actually looked before it's time what good no i did hard disagree dude i think compared to previous terrible. bond movies this was actually decent Mm. I mean, maybe compared to previous Bond movies. Yeah, well, that's what I'm comparing it to. Like, I'm not comparing it to anything else. Like, yeah, I, I'm not comparing it to good cinema. But I mean, <laughs> I mean, for the time, like, again, Mark, this is 1983. Return of the Jedi had just come out. There's so much green screen and missiles and ships flying through all sorts of stuff in that movie that looks beautiful yeah, and it looked beautiful then and it still holds up now you're right but compare this to the crapus that was moonraker and the stupid pew 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 in outer space oh, oh yeah but dude, those flying missiles look like downright real compared was, to the crap yeah. fest that was moonwalker compared to compared to that one scene in moonraker that was bad you're speaking correct. of in comparison to moonraker which movie broke the most glass? Was it Moonraker or the the fight scene with the acid piss? Because there oh was so much glass being broken. There was a lot of glass. That poor that poor cook in the kitchen. Her entire kitchen got ruined, yeah. and she's just like, "I'm just trying to make terrible vegan food here. Leave me alone." Not all vegan food is terrible, Andy. No, but they were making terrible vegan food. <laughs> they were not making good vegan food. They were making awful, tasteless things. So That's probably true. Yeah. No. Because, oh, vegan food, mwah, very good. I'm, I'm eat all sorts of good well, vegan stuff. Wait, maybe, you know what? I just made this connection. Maybe that's why when Bond threw his urine at him, it burned because he's eating bad food. 
Oh yeah, herpes. Something. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna go. I was gonna go with <laughs> More likely, yes, but you it know, was all sorts of. It was all the STDs. <laughs> but shout but out to that. Cocktail of STDs. My name is Bond. <laughs> Shaken, not stirred. <laughs> but Bond's thinking ahead, like going into this into this sanatorium, <laughs> packing an entire suitcase full of like foie gras and vodka and the like, product placement of absolute vodka yeah i i wonder how much they paid to do that like i bet that that it has to been have been something. a lot because that is shitty vodka and and somebody as suave as james bond should not be drinking that kind of vodka seriously that is that is true that's that's I, I that's, like, that's quite like a bit. if james bond was <laughs> if james bond was american that would be like if if in his suitcase he had like a butt light you know what I'm saying? It doesn't work. Unless that's the vodka that he gives all the women that he's just planning on dying after he beds them. <laughs> which doesn't you know, happen in this movie. Which doesn't, doesn't happen in this movie. This movie is so crazy. He sleep, he sleeps with off. so many women and they do not die. All in. Except for Nicole. Oh, yeah. Nicole dies and he didn't sleep with her. He didn't. Yeah, because she didn't have the grandpa peen. So, you know, and the only person he did sleep with who who died is is Fatima. And that's because she was going to kill him. So, you know, that doesn't count. It cancels each other out. Yeah, it's her own fault. If she hadn't acted that way, he wouldn't have had to hurt her. (laughs) Yeah, she was the aggressor, so it doesn't count. Yeah, sort of, kind of. I don't know, yeah, but but at least but it, it's it's not it doesn't again it doesn't fit that normal bond trope of the first girl always ends up dead, the right. the second girl is the one he ends up on the raft with at the end of the movie and they do some terrible double entendre. Although that tiger swimsuit at the end of the movie, the tiger swimsuit and the never say never again bit is a little a little so winky, a little over the top. Yeah. I mean, you mean literally winking at the camera? Yes. Yeah. yeah. I kick him in the nads for that. Yeah. So, there we go. Um, do you think he slept with the lady? Oh, he did sleep with the lady who, who caught him fishing. Yeah. Because we saw them. They went to her hotel room. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. See, I'm forgetting things from this movie because I've tried to block it out. You know so. what we haven't spoken about? Uh, quite Quite seriously, the best character in this movie Felix, Felix? yeah, yes, dude, Bernie the, Casey, Bernie Casey, the badass to begin with. I, mm-hmm. just, I just love him pretty much everything. Uh, I don't know if y'all have seen. I'm gonna get you, sucker. If you mm-hmm. haven't, do yourself a favor and watch that. It's an oldie but classic. And then he was also in Deep Space Nine, one of my favorite uh, TV series ever. Right, yeah, he's very excellent. He he's great, and I. As I was thinking about this, he's easily my second favorite Felix. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, like I Jeff, totally agree. Jeff, Jeffrey Wright, number one with a bullet. Yep. And, but like all black Felixes greater than all white Felixes. It, all white yes. Felixes are kind of garbage, um, garbage compared to these two. They're pretty cool. I like, I was big fan of Felix in this movie. Yeah. So, yeah. I totally agree. And we have and some he... quasi jetpacks. Well, kind of. What? What, oh, what was they, they that? Basically tech, right? 
Okay. Why? What is the per? What was the purpose of that? There was no purpose. <laughs> you think there's purpose in any of this? <laughs> oh no, no. Because they're not at all. They're in the water, and they use the jetpack thingies to land somewhere so they could get back in the water. No sense whatsoever. Right. Just As just shoot do. them out of a torpedo tube like they did like, in Thunderball. Yeah, in Thunderball, that, exactly. Still cool. Still cool to say, let's shoot a dude out of a, a, a torpedo tube. Like, I don't know. So I How don't much know do y'all think Sean Connery got paid for this? Because, I mean... Well, we're gonna know. Mm. Andy's got that. I you know? I don't. I'm gonna look that up. That's a good question. Don't? I I have to wonder, like, why would he want to come back for this? For this, you know, what I'm saying? like, if, if he came back for like, you know, the 1983 version of say Casino Royale or Skyfall, I could understand. But this, I mean, ugh, you know, like, really, it, it felt like an attempt to prove that they'd been doing it wrong without him. Yeah, I yeah. Think so. But he failed. But spectacularly. But he right. probably he probably had like ten Binks trucks backed up to his house. I bet you yeah. he was like easily eighty percent of the movie's budget. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to find this out. I mean, he'd previously been the highest paid actor ever for Diamonds Are Forever. I mean, they paid him a shit ton of money for that movie. Um, I'm not seeing a, um, I'm not seeing a number here. I'll, I'll keep looking, but that's just, yeah, I, I do think, I do think this was like them poking the eye and saying, yeah, I'm, I'm better than Roger Moore. So yeah, not sure how much Connery got paid. Um. I assume it was definitely a lot, but I I definitely think this was as much about ego and proving that, you know, he's the real Bond and, you know, nobody does it better. No, like, come on, Connery. Nobody does it better than Connery, right? That's that's what mm -hmm. he's all about. I think I think that's um I think that that's definitely more what this movie was about and more about Kevin McClory, like trying to say the same thing that, you know, that this is his bond and he knows bond better than those pikers making Moonraker and <gasps> Octopussy. And so this is his big way. souped up truck. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So you get it. Uh, any, anything else? folks really keyed in on here i have one thing but it's um i don't know i I've, I've been talking a lot so if anybody else has something they want to talk about i don't think there's you know what 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 annoys me about this movie is that uh if you want to have a reboot if you want to do thunderball all over again that's fine but why use the actor the same actor a lot older to do the same thing all over again it just felt very weird to be hearing Largo's name again and it being a different actor, but we still have the same bond. Like we're supposed to pretend Thunderball never happened and it's the exact same plot. It's just, uh, it, I mean, the movie doesn't work at all. And uh, that's the big reason why. And I totally understand that, you know, uh, they, they had to 
stay within the confines of the Thunderball plot because that's the only thing they could do. But just bringing back Sean Connery was just such a bad idea. I okay, so it makes sense though because they know it's the only one they can make, and they needed a name. If they brought in some unknown or even another actor who's unproven as Bond, and they're competing against an official Bond movie. I mean, I feel like they probably thought they were making the right decision. On paper, it sounds like the right decision, except that it was just a poorly conceived movie. You know, it just um, and and he was far too old. But I mean, they if you have to go up against the official Bond, then you need a name. And he was he was yeah. anonymous at the time with Bond still, I think, and especially after Octopussy, yeah. like after you know some of the bad shit that that Moore did and. You know, they basically like Sean Connery still won because I'm sure he made a shit ton of money. But the fact that they kept more on as Bond at way too long because they needed to compete against Connery and the unofficial Bond, the audience just got screwed. You know, what I mean, like we we got two shitty Bond movies in the same year. You know, it, I, I understand why they did it. It makes sense. I don't think any other way would have been a better play necessarily it still wouldn't have been a better movie i don't think um so i understand why they did it but it it still sucks for us you know to have to watch it which which makes me ask like which one was better out of the two 1983 bond movies octopussy octopussy easily Uh, i might give it to this one no I just hate Octopussy that much. Not by a lot. But... He also Maybe. liked Invisible Man. Yes, there is that. <laughs> I, I would like everyone to go to the Rotten Tomatoes page for Invisible Man and look at the critics' consensus and look at the audience score. Oh my God. Yeah, and look at who's president, okay? That doesn't prove much. I would... I would just like to say that I am not the only person out there who thought that Invisible Man was a good movie. Wait, are you talking I'm about just... the one that just got released? Like, yes. yes. Oh, what's wrong with that movie? Everything. Did you see it? <laughs> yes, I saw oh. it. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> Tune into mental <laughs> movies to hear what's wrong with it. I'm sorry. I did not mean that question to sound as like... No, no, no. It's not I, as it I actually sounded. I understand, but no, I, I, I don't know. I did. It wasn't a terrible movie or a great movie, but it wasn't terrible. <sighs> it was. I thought it was oh. mediocre, verging on good, maybe. I I feel as though like the returning champ title should be taken away. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you so better here. come over here and take it, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like oh, fun. Yeah. Here's, a, here's a good plug to go free. go go listen to that episode of mental movies watch invisible man and make up your own mind melissa and i both okay well i won't speak for melissa she just said what she thought of the movie i thought it was great I, so, I don't think it was great, but um, I enjoyed it. And, and you know, I loved the, the more feminist aspect of it, too, that I think a lot of people missed mm-hmm. out on. Um, <sighs> did we discuss this before, Andy? Maybe on Facebook or something? I, 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 maybe it wasn't you, but I discussed this with someone, like the director. Um, and I, I, I'm sorry I'm, I'm taking over here. You can edit this out if you want. But, no, no, please. Uh, it's, it's not like we got yeah. more to say. Andy likes the support. Um, <laughs> 
the director was doing like a focus group type thing and they they, they yeah, like they screened the movie for these people and they were giving their feedback and, and all of them wanted to know why they didn't show the boyfriend beating her up because she acclaimed that she was abused right and, and that's why she had to run out in the dead of night at the very beginning of the movie but we never actually saw the beatings it wasn't like um you know, like that Julia Roberts movie, you know, uh, Sleeping, Sleeping with the Enemy. Yeah, where we saw yeah. the abuse, you know, and mm-hmm. lots of movies can get very gratuitous with that abuse, you know, but the, we never saw him raise a hand to her, right? So the director looked directly in the eyes of the audience that had just screened well, the movie, and he was like, you're supposed to believe her. You're supposed to believe her. He didn't show it because he shouldn't have to. If she said she got beat up and she's obviously tormented, you're supposed to believe her. And, dude, that alone makes that movie kind of worth it because I feel like it's the first time that's ever happened. And we, how many movies have we had about abused women? You know what I'm saying? Um, if you look at it like that, I'm not like if you didn't like the acting, if you didn't like the story, if you didn't like the special effects, that's not going to change your mind on the movie. I get it. But if you I mean, that's very feminist. But don't you feel, you know, kind of, except that you do see her get beat up the entire fucking movie. Well, okay, like when he's in the. You just can't see him because he's in a magic clicking suit. Right. But what, what, what I meant is like the the abuse that caused her to leave Do you right. like but up until that point no absolutely and i think that the movie we never saw it we just have to take right. a word for it and that's very progressive i mean you don't see that it's like you know all these other movies had to show yeah. you so that you knew Do so you that it meant something well i think it's mostly for because women don't always get believed and and even in the me too era there's a lot of people oh well this and that and women yeah yeah. and 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 so you know yes he he beat up on her he tried to choke her and everything in the suit i'm talking like setting the stage like i think that's a very powerful statement and i really like that um i think one of the things that mark and i and correct me if i'm wrong but one of the things that he and I both agreed on on this movie was that like starting off that way is wicked powerful and absolutely needed, but then it kind of becomes pandering. It kind of becomes patronizing. Like the way that he embodies it through the rest of the movie is done so poorly in my opinion that it takes away from the strength of what this movie could have said. It takes away from the strength of what it could have been and that part was really frustrating to me because I felt like it could have been a much stronger and a much more backed up and powerful statement and feminist movie but it like starts off strong and then it just I don't know the whole feel of it is gross to me because it feels like here's someone that we're trying to make a strong image of abuse and gaslighting and these different things but yet it's done so poorly that it just takes away from it i don't know Hmm. i could i don't i don't mean to speak for mark on that if that's not how he feels no i mean Um, but we had an episode on it so yeah you you really should (laughs) listen to it really deep you you should listen to the episode uh for me it was just a a, an extremely ham-fisted approach 
yeah. to to that particular message. And plot wise, there's so much that makes zero sense that it's so frustrating to see. Uh, but yeah, listen to the episode on mental movies and. You'll hear us losing our minds and poor Andy taking the abuse. <laughs> sorry, Andy. I'm uh, sorry. Oh, I feel like we gassed. We, we did exactly the Andy what they did to her in the movie. I'm so sorry. I'm just uh, no. It's it's fine. You you can not like a movie. That's fine. I just I just happen to disagree with you, and I'm not sure. I do like why hearing the other opinions. It's like, hey, like you're wrong about this movie and i'm I'm like what when it is like not it's not like and it's not even like (laughs) me with um uh you know what we're coming up with in a few weeks with um with timothy dalton i recognize most people do not like the living daylights (laughs) i recognize that it is not necessarily a good movie but (laughs) The critical and popular consensus on Invisible Man is, is a pretty fair. You're movie. absolutely right. We are not being fair, and I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm not sure why this this keeps coming up. But I don't know either. <laughs> you guys brought it up, and then I didn't know what you were talking about. So then I got into it. But I'm on your side for once, Andy, because sometimes we're not on the same side. Like we used to do this Doctor Who podcast together, and Andy likes. Some of the worst episodes. Oh my god! I oh my god! And I cannot defend him on those. So no, yeah, I'm no. Glad that that I finally can kind of be on on this you know, your side of it for once. Well, and, and, really, and I really am sorry, Andy. I really am. Andy feel... likes an episode of Doctor Who where a guy has sex with a tile. Uh, yeah. Not on the not on the episode. It is implied that but that still. happens. He's, I don't think I'm that far yet in Doctor Who. Yes. Anyway, uh, but yes. Anyway, but the but the point is, I recognize Love and Monsters is a bad episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> this is more analogous to like you two being like, I hate the Christmas Carol episode, and <laughs> being like. But sky sharks, come on! Sky sharks are cool. Oh. Speaking of, I want us to talk about sharks. Yay! Yes. <laughs> well done, Andy. Back. Yay! Well, I because I actually—that was actually something that I thought when the the scene where the shark is like homing in on Bond mm-hmm. and there's the beeping. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've seen this before. Where have I seen this before? And uh, that was my answer was the the beeping shark in um doctor who? in doctor who so i like that one well th- um, this segment of the movie disproves the poseidon theory okay because poseidon is supposed to have dominion over all animals in the ocean and he clearly doesn't no that's aquaman not poseidon no poseidon poseidon controls the entire ocean <laughs> so, wait we've seen this before though with other shark attacks no but because like in the original thunderball the uh, the sharks just swim right by James Bond, Sean Connery. They do nothing to him. They don't even recognize him. They're like, "Oh, you're my bro. You're my ocean bro," and that's that works for for the Poseidon theory. In this movie, they're actually trying to go get him, so they wouldn't do that to Poseidon. So this mo- this movie, this yeah, they're movie, brainwashed. Oh, but Poseidon has power over that. Like you're gonna tell me Zeus again? You're thinking to... of Aquaman, not Poseidon. But, but, 
Oh, yeah, well, he, he, can, he can control the Kraken, but he can't control Shark. Come on. It's an official Bond movie, dude, so it doesn't count. You can't you so you disprove the theory based on fake Bond, faux Bond. I know that's what that's why I said that's why I said in the very beginning that it puts a wrinkle on her. That's that's like trying to disprove Mormonism with the Doctrine and Covenants. That that makes zero sense. I can do that. Yeah, that's a that's a reference that like five people. I, you know, like, I appreciate that reference. I can talk to you about the limited ones. Captain America just woke up and I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Uh, Melissa, if you really want to know, <laughs> Melissa, if you really want to know, there are nice young men in white shirts who will come and teach you all of these things. Ooh, I can send you them to your door. Uh... <laughs> And I, I believe people when they knock on my door to go fuck themselves, and then they really <laughs> and stick around, like you know. That's just like that scene in Orgasmo. No. <laughs> Turn it off. No, that, I love that movie. <laughs> um. Wow, we've gone really far afield in this episode. I'm so. Way, it's all it. way more interesting than the movie itself. I. I, <laughs> I totally know. Look, we're we're this really going to talk about anything but the movie. Yeah, this yeah. happens with the shitty uh, Bond movies, which is the last what three, and Moonraker eight. No, I'm oh. just kidding. So wait, <laughs> um, if, if all these Bond movies are shitty, like, are there any good ones? I mean, you know, how many good Bond movies? How did Bond become like? Because I I haven't seen all of them. And yet I feel like there's way more bad ones than good. Yeah, from what mm-hmm. I can tell from you guys, is yes. that what then how how then how are people so obsessed with Bond? Because he takes women. Oh God. And now we're getting serious. I think and well and and because I think that since the nineteen nineties, which is more of the pop culture sphere of Bond. today's zeitgeist they have been mostly better. There are a few stinkers in there, but they've mostly been better, and the last few have been among the best in the series. Yes. Do you feel like that's so, part of it? Like, we all love the redemption story. We all love the underdog that comes back. So maybe they were such shit movies to begin with, that now we're all like, oh, cool. He's, like, actually turning a corner here. So maybe we'll get back on board. Well, everybody felt the way we're feeling right now because with each consecutive Bond movie, there's less and less people going to it. Right. So, like, they, they all felt the way we do. Like, these are crap movies. And it isn't until GoldenEye where we're like, oh, this is really good. And then we're immediately disappointed for the next three movies. And it isn't until Daniel Craig comes along that we're, we're like, oh, this is what we've always wanted. You, you <laughs> went through 40 like... years of movies or 50 years of movies before you got what you wanted <laughs> is that what you're telling me on your childhood and you're like i had a really happy childhood like life was really happy as a kid and then you really get into it and you're like oh damn there's some really heavy shit in my child that should not have been happy uh, but you I'm, didn't know any better i'm, I'm gonna what I'm going to do is I'm going to compare the Batman franchise to Bond because Bond started off great. There were some great movies 
And then there was like, mm, and then it got bad. And then we got great with, uh, with Daniel Craig. Uh, the first Batman with, with Michael Keaton, still one of my favorite movies. So fantastic. He's still uh, my favorite ba- the Batman. The first Batman movie was in 1966 with Adam West and well, Bill Ward. I, well, you're right. No, I know. I know, I, I know but, what you were saying. But you're being a total nerd right now. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> total nerd. You're welcome. That's you know, an I like it for that. No, but, so, like. So Batman was fantastic. You know, I had Prince, it had Michael Keaton. It was awesome. Yes. And then ba- Batman Returns was actually it was actually pretty cool. Like it, not as good, but it was pretty cool. And then you mm-hmm. had the stupid uh, Joel Schumacher movies. You know, like what the hell? R.I.P. Joel Schumacher. Yeah, R.I.P. Joel Schumacher. Yeah. God, God. But they ran it to the ground. Yeah. And it wasn't until Christopher Nolan came around and made batman what it should have always been so that is what happened with bond like it, it started off pretty good there's some good good movies and then it kind of gets weird and then it gets really bad and then daniel craig comes around and just saves everything uh so what th- killed the batman franchise <laughs> the nipples on the bat suit <laughs> and the arnold yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think i need to see these good early bond movies to 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 really get it because right now from what I can tell, the the James Bond franchise is it, it feels like like half a century of of moviegoer Stockholm syndrome. Like you're mm-hmm. just there with your captor for, for fifty years, and and then finally something good happens, like you escape or something, and that would be the Craig movies or something. Maybe because I haven't seen the good early Bond movies, or maybe I don't remember them. I don't know, but for I mean. From what I've learned these last couple of weeks, and then my knowledge of the movies I have seen, uh, yeah, it sounds like you guys stayed with your tormentors for way too long. <laughs> well, and I mean, I it's not love. <laughs> I mean, but uh, as as I've, I mean, I came to Bond later in life. I mean, I saw this movie when I was five, but I didn't really remember it, and I wasn't like a James Bond fan until 1995 and Pierce Brosnan and I'm like oh this is kind of cool and my my brother's college roommate had all of the Bond movies on VHS and he's like here these are like the five you need to watch and so I watched them and I'm like oh these are really cool and then and then like I started picking up the rest of them and I'm like oh that one's not very good oh that one's not very good that one's not very good. That one's not very good either. <laughs> and, but, you know, and I, yeah, it's, and unless you have like a good curated selection to like actually go through, um, I think it is a rough franchise and a lot of it is not aged well, which is why the question, you know, one of the main questions of this series is like, is this a good Bond movie? And therefore, is the Bond franchise good? From what I like, know so far, no. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Are there are there more good or bad Bond movies? I don't know. Mark Brooke, would you say there are more good or bad Bond movies? I would say bad. <sighs> That's a different. As far I, I, if we're classifying based off of the actions of Bond and whom he is as opposed to quality of the movie, I would say bad. 
but I think that also leads a lot into quality of the movies. But I wouldn't yeah. have said that until going back through all of them again. I and yeah. seeing them with a totally new lens. I wouldn't say bad. I mean, if we're judging it up until now, or are we judging overall? I think overall. Like, and I'd have think to say, overall. And I have to say it's a good franchise. Because there's enough good movies to balance out overall. And, you know, honestly, the Daniel Craig movies aren't good. They're great, with the exception of maybe Quantum of Solace. Mm -hmm. um, they're, they're just, they're absolutely fantastic movies on their own right. Uh, and they bring they bring up the average overall to where the franchise is a good franchise, and I, I think it, it, I love what we're doing because we can we have hindsight now, and the movies that aren't all that good, they're fixable. Like if they would have done just a couple of things different, they would have been really good movies. And there's some movies just can't be saved, like this one. This movie can't be saved, you know, it's working against yeah. itself. Uh, yeah. But there's other movies that could have been good uh, had they just done some changes. Um, and and I think that's what makes the franchise strong overall. Can I ask another follow-up question? Sure. Sure. When it comes to speaking culturally of how it has affected America or played into other cultural stereotypes, do you still consider it good? I think it's a good mm. reflection of society at the time. Yes. And I think it's a good tool to... Do you to feel as though it gave permission to those who would have already been Trumpers to be more... Oh, but that, that's true of Trump? society in, in general and, and movies and music, uh, art. Right. Entertainment gave encouragement to men to act the way they did. We're not but just talking about Jesus. There's, there's, there, there, like there, are, there are songs that encourage that behavior. Uh, there's visual art that encourages that behavior. Uh, there's TV shows that encourage that, that behavior. Does so, that make it responsible? Well, I I don't know how to answer that. Star Trek, for instance, and what it was doing culturally and adding. Right. And so if you compare the different franchises, does that make Bond? A In good comparison to Star franchise? Trek, I would agree with you that makes Bond the the worst of the two. And, no, right. not worst of the two. I mean, Star Trek is a shining example of what should have been happening but they were the exception to the rule right, right social exactly. justice warriors <laughs> damn social <laughs> justice warriors we're like captain kirk yeah. betting everybody yeah kissing a black woman how dare he put politics in front Having of everyone sex with aliens how dare he um but <laughs> but i mean star trek is star trek just was the shining example um you know and even star wars you know uh, if you're going to be making those comparisons but overall, just like the entertainment industry is just at fault for making what was permissible at the time. But I love how it's reversing itself. And, and, no, I love how it's reversing itself and how this franchise is reversing all that. So even though the franchise has culpability in this, they're rectifying it now. I have a couple more questions. Because I feel like, like, like when we did the Doctor Who podcast, Andy was the Who virgin. Who, and and mm -hmm. Marco and I were sort of leading him through this. I feel like I'm the Bond virgin, which is sounds a little oxymoronic because we know there's no virgins in Bond. But, you know, bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, so what I'm getting 
so far is I feel like the Braun franchise as a whole reminds me of a white man. And I know it is a white man playing it. He coasts on his reputation rather than his substance. That's what I'm Mm -hmm. feeling right now. Prove me wrong because y'all love these movies. I'm the only one here who's not a fan. Well, and my particular take on this is not only is it a white man, but a very white Western man. And this is all really about the the failures and the culpability of like Western imperial late stage capitalism and doing really terrible things throughout the world and making it seem like it's cool and glamorous. Right. And um, which is why it's like, you know, cultural archaeologists, like, let's let's try not to judge it. But at the same time, like, if I'm judging it, it's like James Bond is pretty shitty. And, you know, and, and the whole message of this is like, well, all of this stuff is okay and creates this permission structure for um, misogyny and violence and uh, not caring about any other culture that is not white and Western uh, and and colonizing them and dominating them, uh, you know, all in the name of queen and country. And as long as that's it and you fly the, the British flag then you're okay and you're allowed to do all this stuff, Yeah, which is bullshit. I'm going to agree with that, Andy. I think uh, the James Bond franchise has several facets. That's definitely one of them. Another is uh, there is geopolitical gamesmanship at play in the world, and Mm -hmm. this is how we do it. I mean, it's exaggerated, but this is how we do it, and this is why we're doing it, uh, and you know, we should be lauded for our efforts. So that's another facet. And the other is like, what is it being? What does it mean to be a man? Because that's a huge part. Uh, because Sean Connery comes back, people keep asking for him because he's that alpha male. Uh, he's that alpha male yeah. that honestly, what the, the Trumpers are. That's what they want to see. They want to see an alpha yeah. male in charge all the time. And when we had somebody that brought in and changed that a bit with George Lazenby. The people kind of were weirded out by that. Like this guy's crying over right. some broad yeah. that got killed. Like, come on. And then you bring Roger Moore and he's kind of a fancy gentleman and the reception wasn't all that great. Uh, so that's why they were looking for uh, uh, Connery to come back because they needed the alpha male uh, because Roger Moore by this point just wasn't really working for the core audience. Uh, and then Timothy Dalton comes and you know, it gets even weirder. Um, mm-hmm. but it, it, it's a reflection of what it is to be a man. Um, you know, the, the interplay of geopolitical uh, geopolitics and, you know, the justification for colonialism and imperialism in the world, which we are now at fault for as a country, you know, yeah. we fought that for years and now we're, we're the colonizers, we're the imperialists and we mm-hmm. are the problem. Uh, and maybe we might see some, some of that reflecting in the new bond movie that's going to come out. But to me, those three those three facets hold true to this franchise. Well, and I think one of the reasons why Bond is effective is to 
give us that message and that reflection of the failures of uh, American imperialism is the same reason why Shakespeare set his most controversial plays in Italy rather than England, mm -hmm. because it's a more palatable message to talk about tolerance if you're talking about, oh, those crazy Italians, uh, the Montagues and the Capulets, uh, you know, rather than saying this is us and and this is what we need to do. Uh, it's it's very weird to think of Bond is both a very British franchise and a very American franchise at the same time. And I think it means different things on different sides of the pond. And yet he's still universally loved by so many people. And I'm just not getting why so far. Maybe I need to go further down this rabbit hole. And well, I have to because Brooke and Marco want me to settle their stupid argument. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, I, I don't get it so far, y'all. I just don't get it. Um, and look, there's a little nostalgia baked into the mix here for me. That's why I volunteered for these. Also, because nobody else is going to volunteer for the shittiest part of the Bond franchise here. But, but right. Um, so there's some nostalgia because there are some things I really love. Like basically everything with Q, you know, all the gadgets. Because I was so young and I was like, whoa, you know. Uh, I mean, there's some aspects of it that I can still appreciate on their own not, not the movies as a whole but just little scenes or aspects or whatever right um but but even so appreciating those little things um i i don't get it <laughs> i don't get the love i really feel like there's so much of it that just is credited to nostalgia like we grew up yeah. thinking that this is what a man should be and this is how you should be interacted with and now people who are getting into it now are getting into it based off of the better movies they're like oh this is bond this is cool this is good action this is good entertainment like i can like bond too everyone else does and then they don't go back and watch the shitty bond movies because they just go forward based off of what they're experiencing now so those of us who liked it before had a faulty idea of what we should be and what should be expected in interactions and so we liked it and we have this nostalgia built up as to when we saw it or who we saw it with or why we were watching them and it led us through the shit stages into it kind of starting to redeem itself and becoming a different franchise and growing and evolving as our concepts and ideas of culture grew and evolved and so then it became this other thing and then we go back and we see it and we're like well for its time yeah it was just reflective of what was okay and so then we excuse it and we accept it just like we do our parents and our grandparents <laughs> and all the <laughs> shitty concepts that they grew up with yeah. because it's nostalgic well but, but, the, okay, but, but what we have now is good so then we move forward with it i and that makes sense to me for us like our generation here I think we're either older millennials or like Gen X here, right? Everyone? Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, we're, we're in the same age group, generally speaking, even if we're not the same generation. So, so what Brooke is saying makes sense to me, but we were not the ones getting $160 million gross for this movie. They did not make $160 million off of Gen X no, and, and older yes. millennials. The grown-ups at the time are who were buying the tickets to these movies, right? So yeah. 
what was the appeal? Because uh, I'm not just talking about us here. I'm just like in general because these movies kept getting made. They've been making these movies. Um, oops, sorry, has my phone. Um, they've been making good. these movies. I thought it was mine. <laughs> no, that this happened last week too. Um, anyway, um, yeah. So they've been making these movies for like half a well, how many years? It's more than half a century, or it's a, since 1962. Okay, so half a little over half a century, right? So, um, you don't keep making these movies if nobody's watching them. I mean, even even Freddie and Jason had to take a pause for a while. You know right. what I mean? Because nobody's watching them. Um, so, why did they keep make, wh- making money? You know, they're not going to make them if they're not making money. So, what was the broad appeal? Not just to us, because again, I feel like bond had a reputation maybe earned from the novels and not the book uh, you know and not the movies but the movies coasted on that reputation rather than actual accomplishments because up to this point in the bond pantheon i'm not seeing a ton of accomplishments yet yeah. Yeah, well the, the core audience the core audience uh that they were focusing on i guess from the very beginning were men who needed to feel empowered um and I think that that stayed true all the way up until the nineties, you know, um, uh, they're, they're the true, uh, force behind the bond franchise. I, I don't think they necessarily focused on women uh, going to see their movies. It was all about men who need to feel empowered. Um, right. and, and that's why it worked for so long, but over the years, it just, it, it, it wasn't enough because you, you can tell by the box office. It just wasn't enough anymore, and they had to change Bond along the way. And he got less misogynistic as we as we move forward. So that was a response because they needed to appeal to women too. Uh, right. But up until this point, they're focusing on on men who need to feel empowered. They need to see the alpha male. That's what's gonna you know uh, drive up uh, the box office. So I hope that answers that. Yeah, but I feel like all of Hollywood was putting out movies that were for the male gaze, the white male gaze, and and kind of going towards that goal. So, but what made Bond different? Not necessarily, not necessarily, because Star Wars had just blown everybody out of the water, and that's not that's not uh, to placate men at all. Right. Um, I feel like that's an outlier, though, too. I don't think. But you had all the, the Steven Spielberg movies that were moving away from that as well. So there was there was already a, a seismic shift in okay. terms of what audiences but, wanted. But what about the 60s and 70s Bond? I mean, they kept making these movies. It, like, you could make an argument, because I think I did read somewhere that starting with these movies, the box office did start to decline, like, slowly but surely. Yeah. And that's why they mm-hmm. kind of paused it for a while, I think, before Craig came on, right? Like, there was a little gap. I think maybe they were re dreaming it or something i don't know but up until yeah. that point before these really shitty entries came in which you guys have told me are some of the worst of the franchise if not the worst of the franchise when when they were still very much still making movies for the white male ego and gaze why did it coast still or, or maybe there's no answer to this maybe or maybe you guys don't know i've got an answer oh you do okay good I just I've been I've been waiting patiently oh, and I, part of this I'm stealing from our part of this I'm stealing from our friend Roy Fillmore who said this on 
the Thunderball episode when we were talking about this and how it, Thunderball is to this day adjusted for inflation the Bond movie that has made the most money, meaning it was seen by the most number of eyeballs and sold the most number of tickets. Why was that? Why did it and Goldfinger have such a huge outsized influence? Uh, part of it, I think, is generational, that you had the baby boomer generation right there in 1964, 1965, all of these teenagers ready to go to the movie theater and this is here's this cool guy uh, who sexually assaults women and shoots the bad guy. And that um, and Roy's theory on this is that everybody watching this kind of already inherently knew this is bad. This is misogynistic, but they liked it because it's like a cheap little thrill. It's like we know this is bad, but oh, oh we can we can enjoy this. It's because it's you know, presented in this, you know, in this fantasy way. And that is what is sort of dangerous about this. But it's also what created the Bond nostalgia, because everybody who went and saw these movies when they were teens, when they were really good, are still coming back to the theaters in the 80s. Uh, to, like, well, I guess we have to go go see Bond again for the same reason People who bought the Beatles albums in the 60s were still buying Paul McCartney albums in the 80s. You know, it's not because Wings was great, but, you know, I mean, well, I, I'm Mark. I'm, I am saying <laughs> you're, you're that these Bond movies are <laughs> relatively equivalent to the works of Paul McCartney and Wings. <laughs> like just totally fair. Totally fair. Yeah. In terms of in terms of comparison to the Beatles, so there there is that you know the continuing like uh, you know diminishing returns on the cultural investment, and and that is that's where we are with Bond and yeah and Melissa they have they did have to pause for several times when they would recast and reboot and try something new, and they're gonna do that with Dalton in a couple movies and then they're going to have to do it again to do it with Pierce Brosnan. And then after, you know, we get to die another day and it's failures with Brosnan. Then they took a real pause and until they finally got to Daniel Craig and finally got something that actually worked. So I just can't believe it took them half a century to get it right. It, it boggles my mind that so many of these were made before they finally figured it out. That's it. it, it I never saw it that way till I started doing this, you know, in the, just in the last week with you guys. Um, I, I guess I thought there was better out there in the Bond pantheon than what I'd already seen. And, and I, I mean, there is. Yeah, but they're just much. like 20 years not, earlier than this. Not, <laughs> not enough to carry it for half a century, though, you know, before you can yeah. get to the good stuff. I just, it boggles my mind. I'm like, whoa, you know, I feel like. I need an education and yet I, I'm not sure I care that much, but still for the purposes of the podcast, you know, you can educate me on this because it doesn't make sense. to me. Right. I mean, people still want to go see Batman forever. <laughs> Lots of people. <laughs> so, the, I mean, there, there's a lot to what, what Andy said, you know, there, there's, you've invested in it. So might as well keep at it and keep buying those movie tickets. Cause you're so heavily invested in it and you know, you may not like it, but 
you know, hey, we already started this trip, so why not finish it? There's also this weird psychological thing about being given permission to enjoy something that you know you shouldn't. That's true. And there are a lot of people um, who feel as though, well, not feel as though, have said that even though they don't agree with it and even though it's not something that they want to see or participate in, they still get turned on and get a high from watching a rape scene. That's and sick but true. The Bond movies, while not being at that level, obviously, they kind of give people permission to enjoy a bit of quote-unquote culture that they don't want to have to admit to liking or wanting, but they can enjoy it from a distance and they can watch it and get a sense of machoism, a sense of dominance, a sense of like ego that they don't really want to embody in their life, but still enjoy. Right. You make a real good point, Brooke. And I'm going to relate something that um, when I had that conversation, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? Um, there is a movie that uh, the beautiful and gorgeous Monica Bellucci made. I don't remember the title of the movie right now. Um, and it they made a big fuss about it because there is a scene where like she's graphically raped. And uh, I didn't know anything. Yeah, I, I know. I didn't it's know anything about it. Is the name? Yeah. Oh, okay, irreversible. Yeah. I didn't know anything about it. Um, I, I knew who Monica Bellucci was because, like I said, she's gorgeous and like I just love her to death. And I remember this friend of mine at the time. Uh, we were talking about like who we thought were the most gorgeous actresses, and I said her name. He's like, "Dude, there's this movie you should see," and I'm like, "Oh, which one?" And he said, "Irreversible." I, I didn't. I until now I didn't remember the movie. And he's like, "It's called Irreversible. It's really good." I'm like, "Oh, what's it about?" He's like, "Dude." there's this scene where she just gets raped and it's like, Oh my God, like you can't take your eyes off of it. And I'm like, dude, what the actual fuck? Like that's how you're selling this shit to me. Like, no dude, I I'm not cool with that. Like, I don't want to watch that. And I've never seen this movie and I'm, I'm never going to see it. Cause I don't, I don't dig on that. I, I, I really don't. As a matter of fact, when I see movies and TV shows that have this, it, it bothers me. Uh, I stopped watching, um, Downton Abbey, because mm-hmm. it had that, and to me it was yes. unnecessary. Oh, and it was really graphic. Yeah, they they lost me as a fan because of that. But this we dude, talked about that while I was yeah, watching. We did, it yeah, we talked about. It. But this dude is looking at my face and telling me about this like it's a selling point. So and I'm was, like, what the fuck is wrong let with you? Find the rape scene so, or something? Is that why he was suggesting it? I, I, that's why he was telling me that I should watch it. Like, is that I just he just fixated. I've seen that movie. It's I haven't. A very long scene. It's like six, seven minutes, and she's. That's not right. It's uh, yeah. It's it's. She's anally raped right from behind by this. Ugh, guy. I don't want to know. It's very long. It's very uncomfortable, and I'll tell you what. I saw it in the theater, and I, I got the impression that some of the men in that theater were excited about it, like getting off to it. It it. Yeah. No, I really did. And it, it's it's hard to take your eyes away because it's 
it's like the director Earth. challenging you to keep watching because I think he's trying to show the true horror. And like, even when the guy is done, he pulls out, you can see blood on his dick. Like, that's how bad it is. Like, that's gross. Really, that's showing, gross. really showing how, but that's how it happens. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I think God. he was just trying to make it as traumatizing for the audience as possible so that you understood what she was going through. The problem with that movie is that the rest of the movie becomes about revenge her boyfriend's revenge on trying to find the guy who did it to her oh, um, instead of uh, instead of about her trauma or recovery much like Downton Abbey that's why I was pissed about that too when what's her name got raped it became about her husband's revenge on the guy and yeah. they never covered her trauma or or how she dealt with it you know what I'm saying and they had a unique opportunity to, to show what women went through back then you know 100 years ago when they were raped uh compared to today and they didn't do it they they made it about mr bates her husband in the same way that's kind of what happened with irreversible as well i mean they they got into her a little bit but it, it was mostly about him beating up the wrong guy and the consequences and whatever and and so but that scene is very traumatic and, and the thing is rape culture is so prevalent and a lot of men don't understand it and they don't believe it exists if they saw that scene they might believe it do you understand i think that's what the director was going for but the thought that men were titillated by it like your friend like those people in the theater is disgusting and and yeah if that's what brooke's talking about like like you're you're titillated by something yeah. you're not supposed to be not on that level of irreversible, like a rape scene like that. But if that's what you're talking about, I kind of understand it better now. And I yeah. think that that happens a lot. Like James Bond is kind of an acceptable level of that. It's very easy to see why people getting off to irreversible would be able to be like easily dismissed and disgusted and be like, oh, you're a bad person. But you can get kind of the same effect from James Bond and it's like, oh, well, that's a socially and culturally accepted show in franchise and series and it gets better. It gets better as you go. So it's okay to go back. And like, I've been very pleased in that all of us as we've gone back have been like, what the fuck? You're just gonna push her down in the barn and say this is okay? No, it's not okay. But there are other people who watch it that would have the same external reaction but have an internal satisfaction from it well and that this was my number one takeaway from this movie was the rampant sexual assault in this movie yeah and i like if you want to go to our twitter at kiss your franchise um you can see where i live tweeted about this and in three or four different places I called this out as like, was this the Harvey Weinstein like manual of sexual assault? Because Bond does everything. He's like, I'm going to give her a massage. I'm going to, uh, under that pretense, I'm going to put my hands on her and look at her naked body. And uh, then when, and then when, when he's done and the regular masseuse comes up, you oh, look at Kim Basinger's face. Yeah. 
And like, and she's like, oh, I'm shocked. I'm horrified. Oh, that rascal. Oh, I kind of liked it. And you're just like, yeah. Oh, I hated that. And I thought a hard scene too. I actually, when I was watching it, the second time when I was halfway yeah. paying attention, um, you know, I the Harvey Weinstein came to my mind as well, and, and Matt Lauer. Yeah, it, it that mm-hmm. totally. Yeah. So, 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 what you're saying is the Bond franchise is for men who want to be titillated and are tired of watching porn in secret, like dirty old men. Uh, <laughs> well, I think I think it was the mother's milk b- before porn that this was really? the socially acceptable thing that you could watch. This was a PG movie. I agree with that. It's a PG movie. I agree. Like, ridiculous. So, you know, this was, this was. Uh, uh, for me, y'all, because I, I think I understand a little better. I still don't like it, but I, I think well, I, I think think that's kind of a little better, maybe. That's one of the points of why we're doing this, right? Are yes. these good movies? Are they responsible? What have they added? What has this franchise built and created? And I think that's, that's part of what I was referencing to when we were saying, are there more good or are there more bad Bond movies? And that's a, that's a really hard question for me because I loved them from nostalgia and now going back through them, I'm like, mm, well, <laughs> I'm you know, part of the problem. Like, I don't know. You know what I like about the response to this movie? Because it didn't get a, a better response than even Octopussy is that by this point i think the tide was turning where people were saying yeah we're we're kind of not into this anymore um so so that's a i guess a positive way to look at it yeah yeah at least a little bit a little bit yeah it started to turn hey let me ask y'all since y'all are the experts here are there any like james bond farces that 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 I mean, I know there's spy farces and whatever, but like, sort of like, not like a weird Al Yankovic type thing where it's, you know, but, but like, I I guess what I'm asking, I would love to see a movie where they like, sort of remake a Bond movie, but like, like it, like the scene that you were just describing, Andy, where Kim Basinger was like, oh, that rascal, he, he just totally assaulted me and I liked it. Like in this movie, she would get up, she'd find out that it was, he wasn't the masseuse, get up run down the hall and punch him you know what i'm saying like like is there something like that no right god i wish no i wish yeah not for this one but for any bond movie is there i mean that movie is invisible man (laughs) no No. she gets her revenge on him maybe like i'm not saying that to like out of any Mm facetious like maybe that maybe that is i can't it turns us, up like putting down there i don't think it's a spy-based movie i don't think anything that i've seen fits based. that description well, any yeah. movie that, that just like you know i don't know just it it would be nice if there was like 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 this one movie that could take all the bad really bad sexist rapey elements of all the bomb movies and just turn them on their ear or something you know I, I wish there was that movie. I, I guess it doesn't exist, but it, it would be nice if there was because, um, yeah, this one was bad. <laughs> this one was yeah. really bad. So, yeah, I think we we all agree how how pretty terrible this was. Are there any any other things um, 
before we go into our usual nonsense. No, this was terrible. <laughs> okay. Um, before we go into our actual usual nonsense, because this was the remake, uh, for Mark and Brooke, I'm going to go through this lightning round of things that existed in both Thunderball and Never Say Never Again. Tell me which movie did it better. Um, better non sequitur opening. So the jetpack in Thunderball versus War Games. God, they're so bad. Um, jetpack. I hated the jetpack. Remember, remember, I cried so bad. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all so bad. I would probably have to go with War Games because the jetpack and the water cannon from the car were just that bad. Okay. Theme song. Theme song. Tom Jones versus this one. Tom Jones, baby. Tom Jones. Yeah. Okay. Uh, M and Money Penny. Thunderball, right? Better Thunderball. Like leagues. Yeah. Uh, Who had the better Blofeld? (laughs) We don't see him in Thunderball, but I like that. Yeah. We. we, He's just like a torso and a and a cat. I prefer that. Um, Better Blofeld in Thunderball. Yeah. Who's the better Domino? Kim Basinger or um, now I can't remember her name in Thunderball. Oh, God. Uh, Ooh, that's a good one. Damn you, Andy. I don't know. Mm. That one might be. Yeah, that one might be an even split for me, too. Well, uh, who who played her in Thunderball? Do we know? I don't know. And I can't remember her name now. I'm I'm sorry. I'm failing oh, uh, you. Claudine Nogger. There you go. Um Well, she did have the motorcycle, so I'm gonna give her that one. No, 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 that was Volpe. Oh, that That's was Volpe, next. That's true. Um shoot, I don't know. Let's call let's call it a push. Okay. okay. Um, so that leads us to the next one. Volpe or Fatima? Volpe. I agree. Yeah, I agree. And we we always know Mark and I are always going to go for the redhead. Yes, so uh, and me, hey, <laughs> Brooke too. Yeah, uh, she, she and, oh, and Brooke too. Yeah, true. Um, who had the better Felix? Like, come on. Oh yeah, but this never one, say never, never again. Say never this again, one. Yeah. Never say never again. Yeah. Okay. Uh, who had the better day spa and the day spa sequence? <laughs> oh God, both. Oh, that's a push. But you know what? Uh, I'll have to give it to Never Say Never Again. Yeah, okay. Um, who had the better nuclear heist? Which one was it better done? Mark, you like the graphics in this one? Yeah, I, I think I, I'll have to go with Never Say Never. I like the underwater stuff from Thunderball. I like the underwater... Dude, you crapped on it, remember? I know, but I liked it better than this. I crapped on, the, I crapped on these graphics, I too. <laughs> There's less crap. Yeah. Okay. Um... Better better game between Bond and um, uh, Largo? Bond and Largo, Baccarat or Domination? Baccarat. Domination. Oh, wow. I'll go with I'll go with the Baccarat. That was a good Baccarat game. Yeah, um, probably it's probably really Baccarat, but I don't know. Uh, he has a good Baccarat game? Are you kidding me? I mean, <laughs> it's 
it's there's some there's some good repartee between um between the two of them as they're playing. There is. He flat out embarrasses yeah. Largo on uh, on the table. Yeah. Akarak, really? Just, yeah. Yeah, like you know, that's like saying that watching paint dry is scintillating or something. I don't get it. I know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but Bond keeps beating him and he gets really pissed and it's kind of it's kind of great. Okay. Uh, and it's only it's only like a minute and a half instead of this like eight minute long video game sequence that I don't know what the hell was going on. Well, it's still got to be better than the backgammon from Octopussy, right? Uh, yes. Okay. <laughs> so yes, still better. Um, so speaking of who who had the better Largo? Adolfo Celli, because uh, yeah. he had an eye patch. Yeah, yeah. The the eye patch in those white suits. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, and that and that scene with the guns where they're talking about. Right, right. They're talking about guns. Um, what about you, Brooke? So, I agree. Yeah. All right. Uh, who had the better sharks? Ooh. Underdog. I don't know. I kind of like that he has power over sharks in Thunderball. Like they just yeah. ignore him. Yeah. He's okay. one with the sharks. Okay. He's beside yeah. him. In Thunderball. Uh, and finally, uh, I mean, we could we could put Connery versus Connery, but we know that that really isn't fair. That 1965 Connery would win. So the real question is, Connery versus 1983 Roger Moore. Ooh. Fuck. 1983 Roger Moore. Yeah, yeah, but he's so annoying and campy. Yeah, but you know what? They're, he's at least fun. But he's better, right? That's a hard one for me to admit, but yeah, I'd have to go with Roger Moore. Okay. You, Andy? Um, Only under pain of death. Um, I might give it... I Yeah, I'd give it to Connery. Because I just hate Octopussy so much. Hmm. So, okay. yeah. Um, I guess Melissa can answer that question what? because she saw both these movies: Roger Moore in Octopussy or Sean Connery in Never Say Never Bob? Again. I I I'm gonna go with Moore for two reasons: one, the nostalgia factor because that was the first Bond movie as as we established last week that I ever saw, but also because, as I said last week as well, to me they gave up any pretense of trying to be like the the suave whatever reputation bond and they just winked at the audience the entire movie you know what i mean because they knew what they were making was ridiculous whereas in this movie i feel like they took themselves very seriously and that's why it didn't work do you understand so i'm gonna mm, to more yeah no totally. i'm gonna give it to more for knowing that he was in a shitty movie and just kind of winking through it and be like whatever you know what i mean i'm gonna go buy my my vacation home with this check now and and i can <laughs> i like that take i can at least yeah. appreciate that rather than connery who you know made us look at his nipples <laughs> and, that, hairy, hairy nipples. and that is and that is a non-bond fan take <laughs> i like it no that's super good okay uh closing so i think overall the winner there is pretty obviously thunderball but that's not a surprise um do we have studio notes for this movie, or is it just the same as Octopussy? Yes, don't, don't make this don't movie. Make this movie. Stop <laughs> embarrassing yourself, Sean. Yeah. Okay. Except um, your age. Yeah. Good. 
good studio notes. Um, okay, uh, do we have favorite one-liner or piece of dialogue? No. Mm, no, but, uh, but I, I'll say that the worst line in here is anything that had to do with free radicals. Like, oh my god, I hated that. Anything, yeah, anything, that every terrible. time they mention free radicals, I, I just wanted to pull my hair out. Really. It was awful. Really? That again? Yeah. Uh, I do have one joke that actually made me laugh out loud. Uh-oh. Um, when Fatima says, is, is asking for her Yelp review, and she uh -huh. says, you know that making love to Fatima was the greatest pleasure of your life, and he says, well, to be perfectly honest, there was this girl in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> that made me laugh. I don't know why. It's like, yeah. you are such a dork. Um, the word you're looking for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Dork is the word. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. You're right. Um, that's my Utah County showing up there. Uh, anyway. Uh, so, um, a best, uh, best side character. Felix. Felix. He wins. Does Fatima count as a side character? Yeah. Cause she, yep. she, she can yep. get, yeah. she can get it. Yeah. Uh, seriously. I know She's... she probably, I couldn't fall asleep and spend the night because she killed me in my sleep. But if I'm just gonna, you know, go home right after, then yeah. she'll get it. Yep. Oh yeah, I'm I'm with you there. I agree. Fatima is my favorite. Um, she's she's great. I had uh, completely forgotten um, that she's actually pretty good in this. Um, do we have a favorite piece of tech or gadget? The end of the movie. <laughs> the yeah, only one was the dart pen, and that was awful. So I, what other gadgets were there? The the laser yeah. watch maybe the laser watch oh yeah. because everything else um, is just dumb. It's motorcycle. Yeah. I hate that motorcycle. <laughs> no. I mean I hate that I I hate that they took it away from uh, Fiona and gave it to Bond. Yeah. It's like yeah. like that toy, the Black Widow toy that, from mm -hmm. that. And the, and then when they made the toy, the Avengers toy, they yeah. had a Black Widow. They gave it to Cap, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that. yeah, that's. I started to mention that earlier when Andy was talking about it, and it's like, fuck. Stop. It is. It's totally like that. Mm. So, yeah. Um. Okay, we've we've talked about the the Bond Poseidon thing. Um, is James Bond a good person in this movie? Uh, no. Emphatically, no. No. Not at all. Uh -uh. Not at all. Is this a good James Bond movie? Fuck no. no. Okay. I think we all... Wow, this is two <laughs> movies in a row. We all agree. <laughs> Not good. Um, great. Uh, and uh, the... Oh, the box office game. Uh, I mentioned... Um, this came out a few months after Octopussy. Uh, it... It made so Octopussy made sixty seven point nine million. This made fifty five point five. So very significant decrease. Uh, adjusted for inflation, that's a hundred and sixty million. So that's actually still like a movie that does pretty well. 
Um, I mean, given that Return of the Jedi just blew everything away at the theaters this year, it, like, has nothing compared to that. But um, still a fairly big haul for Bond, and it's only going to get worse as they as they go forward. So, um, not great. Um, that's it. Uh, we're going to take a break from Bond this next oh, week. Shit. Because it is just too hard to keep going through these terrible movies. Instead, we are going to look at the uh, 1984 farce, Top Secret, Yay. starring Val Kilmer. You have no idea how excited I am about that. Uh, I am also very excited. I have not seen that movie in years, and I, I'm expecting there to be a bunch of problematic stuff that I don't remember because it is uh, Zucker Abrams Zucker, and they have of course. tons of they have tons of problematic stuff in their movies. So, um, but uh, excited for that. Val Kilmer in his screen debut is uh, American pop star Nick Rivers, who is recruited to do a secret mission for the U.S. government. And wackiness ensues. Um, and we're going to have uh, some other guests on here. Melissa, you're joining us for that too, right? Or I, I was just about to ask, am I? I think we said last week I would. or may- Yeah, I want I want you to. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, totally. I vaguely remember this movie a little bit, but I, yeah, I it, like it's about as much as I remember about this one, which was like sharks. So, you know, we'll see. (laughs) This is one of my favorite movies ever when I was a kid. We used to watch this all the time. Yeah. So get out, get out your shotguns and get ready for skeet surfing. Um, We're, we're also going to invite the guys from yours, mine and theirs uh, over and, uh, and, and JB too. So uh, John and Roy and JB are all going to be here. So we're going to have a packed house. Uh, to talk about Top Secret. It will be um, madness. It will be madness as we talk about this. Um, but that'll be that'll be fun, and it'll be a good break from bad James Bond movies. Um, that's that's about it. Um, any anything else, folks have that they wanna they wanna plug real quick? <laughs> I think we're no. all brain dead from having to watch this, and I watched it twice, y'all. So <laughs> you I'm are still, I'm still waiting service. on my gold star, goddammit. Never watch Moonraker. Send me send me your address in a DM. <laughs> <laughs> Never again is what I always say when after every time I watch this movie and then I have to watch it again. <laughs> Wait, how many times have you seen it? I, let's go back to this sadomasochism stuff we were talking about at the beginning. I, I think it goes so <laughs> apparently it's Andy. Is, this is at least the fourth or fifth time that I can remember um, since, like, the 90s. So, wow. yeah. Because, like I said, I so I got back into Bond in when GoldenEye came out. And I remembered having seen it as a kid. So it was one of the movies that I said, oh, I should watch this. Even though my brother's roommate was like, oh, that's actually a rogue Bond movie. That's not real. It's not part of the canon I don't know. I remembered it from when I was a kid and I watched it and I'm like, oh, that was terrible. And then um, doing it this year and then in 2012, I did a 
I did a series for Big Shiny Robot where I reviewed all of the Bond movies in a month and uh, had to do it then. So, yeah. Um, back on this BS again. Um, <laughs> not planning on watching it again anytime soon. So, um, hopefully we'll not have to. But that's it. Uh, thanks, everyone, for being here. I really appreciate it. And this was a great and varied discussion. Um, come back and join us next week and we'll have even more crazy times. Cool. Bye. Yeah. Bye, okay. Viva Bye, everybody. France. <laughs> Big kiss. Mwah. Thank you, that will be all. God damn it, that's not all. Because if one of those things gets down here, then that will be all. Then all this, this bullshit that you think is so important, you can just kiss all that goodbye. This show is part of the Geek Nerd Network. Geek Nerd Network. Find more shows like it at geeknerdnetwork.com. This is Jen.